Super Talk Mississippi media production. You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. Tuesday afternoon, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Richard Cross, Michael Borky, Brian Scott Rippey, Brian Haydad, glad to have you along. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank, online at mslandbank.com, Mississippi Land Bank, where they know the lay of the land. If you've got land financing needs of any kind, Mississippi Land Bank can help. They've been financing land and all that goes along with it for over 100 years. So if you need to need to buy a piece of property, whether you're a farmer, adding to the size of the farm, or maybe it's a recreational, excuse me, recreational piece of property, you can do that. You can also um, buy equipment or whatever else it is you need to maintain the property. Mississippi Land Bank, branch locations across North Mississippi, because they know the lay of the land. Glad to have you along. C Spire text line is open, 601-879-4395. 601-879-4395. July 2nd, couple of days away from Independence Day. Everybody gets a day off, or most everybody gets a day off on the 4th of July. And uh, I think most people are probably pretty excited about that. Borky, you are, right? Yeah, I think so. This is one of the better days off of the year. Perfectly timed. Middle of the summer. Not a whole lot, you know, sports-wise going on. So, uh, you know, I can just take the day and sit around and grill some meat. All the other days, Thanksgiving, holidays and stuff, we're always working. So we actually, there's a holiday that we get to, you know, yeah. do something with. Memorial Day, Labor Day, Thanksgiving Day, the day after Thanksgiving, those are uh, not days off in the uh, on the sports calendar in the state of Mississippi. New so Year's either. Of July, yes. Um... Yeah, I guess you're right, because of college football playoffs and whatnot. I was working on New Year's Day. Yes, you were, hey, Dad. Thanks for reminding us us of that. Do we have a show New Year's Day? We Um, did. Yes, we did. Yes, we did. I was working, too, then. I don't remember that at all. We did a New Year's Day show, didn't we? I forgot all about that. Yeah, because I came on right after the bowl game and and, uh, had to help a lot of people get through some, some frustrations that day. Oh, yeah, because of Iowa and whatnot. That's right, yeah. And uh, There was no whatnot. whatnot. It was just Iowa. (laughs) (laughs) Oh, me. Uh, How's your day? Hey, Dad? I've had a pretty solid day. Good day for me today. Beautiful day up here in Starkville. Put together a really good podcast, I think, for tomorrow. And uh, excited to be on with you today, man. This 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 all time Mississippi thing team has me uh, has me fired up. I enjoy talking about college football and college football history in our great state. Yep, and there is a lot of really good history in the state of Mississippi. United States currently leading England two to one in a women's World Cup semifinal match. And uh, Rippy was telling me already some controversy. 
faux outrage. Oh, which one? Is it the faux outrage over the goal celebration, which was awesome, or the faux outrage that uh, the uh, Rapino was benched for another girl who scored? Hey, talk more about all the other players, Rippy. Oh, I'm sorry, Borky. I don't want to have any more right wing conspiracy stuff. Happening. Oh okay. yeah. We got accused of being a right-wing conspiracy because yesterday I said I'd like to read about some of the other girls. And today, I don't know if this is what Rippy was talking about, but... I don't think you can say girls. I think it's women. The women, yes. They're, even though a lot of them are, are younger careful. than me. Um, Jeez. Borky Hannity. I know, right? But... <laughs> it's just a right-wing conspiracy. That's all it is. Wanting to read about my national team. But my goodness, how upset people were that Rapino didn't start the game and this other girl did, woman, did, and she went on and scored within a few minutes of the start of the game. Sounds like a good coaching decision, right? It does sound like it, doesn't it? Maybe the coach actually knows what she's doing. I don't know. Well, Rippy was, uh, was concerned about the uh, goal celebration. That was Alex Morgan, wasn't it? I I don't know. I, I just yes, have a hard time Alex taking Morgan, the... Yes. Uh, internet seriously because someone retweeted something onto my timeline about the t-sip thing being rude who cares they also lost a war might have heard (laughs) what does it matter like i don't don't understand why any of this matters but king george yeah (laughs) the second king george reference of the week you think that's right wait till thursday when we shoot off a bunch of fireworks and eat a bunch of meat because we kicked you out how about that england there you go I would do a full reenactment of the Boston Tea Party if I scored a goal there. <laughs> how exactly would you go about doing that? I have no idea, but I'd get you know all. How Joe many, how many people are on the field at soccer at the same time? Twenty-two. Uh, eleven on both sides. Well, eleven on but your like team. Like eleven though. teammates. Oh, we could we could definitely make it happen. You go the Joe Horn route. You got to have prior preparation. You got to have some tea ready to be poured out. Yeah, some props. Exactly. Yeah. I might even have people off the bench in red shirts come at us and we just attack them. So you need like a uh, a massive <laughs> McAllister's or Nukes cup that the you jug. can immediately go to jug. and pour it out. Yeah, some kind of crate because didn't they throw crates of tea over? Yeah, I think it yeah. was. Uh, I don't think it was actually like iced tea that uh, that was dumped over. Get That's some semantics. Milo's, just start throwing it out around everywhere. Yeah. Um, <laughs> is there a way to reenact Paul Revere? That, that would, that, be, that would cool. be easier. You, you could just, like uh, you could like air ride a horse all the way back to midfield just, as if you were Paul just Revere. Scream, the British are losing. The British are losing. You could go. Yeah, it. go start out with one finger. One if by land, two if by sea. <laughs> Depends Love on the it. finger too. Uh, oh, oh, oh. what nah, nah, one nah, if by land? Too far. Fair, fair enough. Uh, okay, so the goal celebration was what somebody said they're not supposed to salute anymore, and uh, so. Uh, Alex Morgan scores a goal. She goes running, comes to a stop, and gives a dainty little imaginary tea sip. Finger out and everything. High high tea time for the uh, the English. So it's two to one. The United States leading it over England in the fifty fifth minute of that match. So what about forty minutes, thirty five minutes remaining prior to uh, to stoppage time? We are going to uh, to jump back into the debate over the all-time all-Mississippi football team. Running backs are on the docket, and there are some good ones to choose from. And I think there's a little bit of debate to be had. Um, Yesterday, Brian Haydad unequivocally said that uh, Anthony Dixon, Booby Dixon if you prefer, was his running back from Mississippi State. I may have changed my mind. Oh, yeah? 
I may have. Based on numbers, thinking I, back I'm, through I'm it? A, yeah, I've done some, test. Doing a little extra research. Yeah, there's a lot a lot goes into it, but I, I may okay. have a I may have a top four ready, but I don't know. I know I've got maybe. I don't know. You you've not waffled on who number one is though, right? No, number one will never waffle. Yeah. Uh I think there's a Southern Miss candidate who we mm-hmm. didn't initially discuss enough mm-hmm. who is going to deserve to have his name in the top four running backs of all time in the state of Mississippi. Mm-hmm. And then as we did, uh, we will put a Twitter poll out there and allow you to vote. The top two vote-getters will go on to the all-Mississippi, all-time college football team. We'll look at some of the snubs for the Major League Baseball All-Star Game. A couple of uh, Mississippi connections in there. One from Ole Miss, one from Mississippi State. 100 teams in 100 days leaves the ACC. and Well, actually, it was the Big Ten yesterday. It just felt like the ACC with Maryland. Uh, we got another Big Ten team coming for you. Uh, an NFL stat that Borky says is hard to believe. Just a, a little bit of a hint. It will have to do with Borky's New Orleans Saints. And yeah, but I would have put that in the show no matter what, all things considered. Yeah, pretty uh, pretty interesting stuff. So in the running back conversation, Deuce McAllister will join us coming up in a little bit. I, I don't uh, I don't know. Is the question to ask Deuce, is, is, is he the best college running back in the history of the state of Mississippi? Just Let's just see if we can get his top four out of him. Okay. I bet you he won't say himself. Yeah, but I think I'll put him there. But will he be humble or will he be honest? He'll be humble. He won't put himself in there. We're going to look at uh, at some of these numbers, but I, I'll I'll tell you some names that are worth uh, taking a, a deep and close look at. Obviously, Walter Payton, sweetness is on the list. We will talk about Deuce McAllister and his production and his time at Ole Miss. Uh, Damian Fletcher from Southern Miss, who almost unbelievably had 1,009 career carries. How about that? Averaging a little better than 250 yards per carry. I'm sorry, 250 carries per season in his time at uh, in Hattiesburg at Southern Miss. We'll look at Anthony Dixon's numbers. We'll look at Jarius Norwood's numbers. We will uh, go back to Hattiesburg with Mr. Winder. We talked about that yesterday as well. And, uh, Borky, who is, who's this last name? Edo Smith. Edo Smith. He's not going to get brought up, and he's not going to make the top four, but his career is worth at least talking about. Almost 6,000 yards from scrimmage. It's impressive. My, my question for you as we go into this conversation, how important are receiving yards? Being a multifaceted running back as opposed to a guy that just plowed it straight ahead, does that matter? Does if that guys are in? even, then I think you can take that into account and separate two. All right. So a lot to get to with you this afternoon. Sports Talk Mississippi streaming online at supertalk.fm. In the Renaissance Bank studio, Renaissance Bank, understanding you. His eyes are cold and restless. Walter Payton in his career averaged six yards per carry in college. 598 carries, 3,600 yards, 63 touchdowns. And 53 extra points. Borky, was that two-point tries or was he kicking? He was kicking. He had five field goals, too, to boot. How about that? I didn't know that about Walter Payton in college. 
just makes it that it, it makes it funny almost. I mean, this guy would run all over you. He broke a single game record. It was like 280 yards and scored 42 points on his own in the game. And after he would bowl you over, you know, kick a little extra point for you too. Walter Payton, Columbia High School, Columbia, Mississippi. He was born in Columbia, July 25th, 1954. Passed away far too early at the age of 45 in Illinois. That was November 1st, 1999. Spent his entire pro career with the Chicago Bears, 75-87. to 87. Super Bowl champion in uh, Super Bowl twenty. Nine-time Pro Bowler, seven-time first-team All-Pro, two-time NFC Offensive Player of the Year. None of the NFL numbers matter, okay? I'm just kind of giving you those uh, because you can't help but look at Walter Payton and the pro career that he had. 16,726 rushing yards in the NFL and 110 touchdowns. But in college, in 1971, as a freshman at Jackson State, on 94 carries, he rushed for 651 yards, an average of almost seven yards per carry with five touchdowns. In 1972, he had 781 yards and 15 touchdowns. In his junior season in 1973, big workload, 205 carries, 1,139 yards, 24 touchdowns, and then 19 rushing touchdowns on 175 carries in his senior season. For his career, average six yards per carry, with 63 touchdowns. All right, so I will ask this question, and this is not to it's not to denigrate anything that Walter Payton did, but we are talking specifically about his college career. I'd love to hear from you on the Ceasefire text line 601-879-4395 if you remember watching Walter Payton play at Jackson State. 601-879-4395, the C Spire text line, C Spire, customer inspired. You can also send a message to us on Twitter at Sports Talk M-I-S-S. I'd love to hear from some folks who saw Walter Payton play at Jackson State and what he was like, how dominant he was. What do you remember about Walter Payton as a Jackson State Tiger? Hey, Dad, I, you're, I, I know you're not quite old enough to have remembered no. that, but I <laughs> just thought I'd age you a little bit. I appreciate you know, that. early 70s. Yeah, that's me. What is uh, What do you think of when you think of Walter Payton? Well, it's sort of like you said. I obviously think of his pro career. Uh, you know, the honestly, honestly, the first thing I think of when I think of Walter Payton is the snub he got in this one Super Bowl he played in, not being able to score a touchdown. One of the all-time bonehead moves by a head coach ever. How do you not get that guy in the end zone in a 46-10 to 10 game? Unbelievable. Um, that was when they handed I, it off to Refrigerator Perry? They gave, they gave Refrigerator Perry a touchdown, for God's sakes. Um, but, I mean, if you remember the way he ran the ball, so smooth. But, at the same time, if you tried to tackle him, he would make you pay for that. One of the most punishing runners of all time. Great athlete. I think he had five or six career touchdown passes that he threw. Um, just, Just... An incredible athlete, and of course, you know, the the Heisman Trophy of, I guess it's now FCS football, is the Walter Payton Award. That's, it's named for him. So, I mean, obviously his legacy goes way, way beyond just, you know, what he did uh, on the field. 
Some other names to look at, and let me jump ahead for a second here, because on the list that Borky's put together, Anthony Dixon from Mississippi State is there, and Jarius Norwood is there. For Anthony Dixon, 42 rushing touchdowns, 3,994 yards on 910 carries. He was a workhorse. Jarius Norwood, 573 carries, 3,222 yards. He averaged 5.5 yards per carry. He had 15 rushing touchdowns. But, hey, Dad, we've had a bunch of people that are Mississippi State fans that have brought up J.J. Johnson. Yeah. And, yes, it was a shorter window. It was not a four-year career for him at Mississippi State. But there are a lot of people that remember his time in Starkville from a production standpoint only, ne- never mind anything else, but from a production standpoint with incredible fondness. Well, not only that, but you know, was part of that SEC West championship team, so he's going to have a little extra juice uh, for that. Punishing runner, great running back. Uh, but for me, Dixon and Norwood are going to be ahead of him. Okay. Why? Dixon obviously has the production. Dixon and, and JJ are very similar backs, big bruising running backs. Uh, but for me, you know, Dixon obviously has a four-year career to the two. Norwood, I always said the same thing about about Jarius Norwood, and I really do believe this. You know, he played at State under Sylvester Croom when when State was just terrible, and and Norwood was really the only offensive weapon they had. And across the country, Reggie Bush was at USC. I have always maintained that if you swapped them out, and Norwood had gone to USC, he would have won a Heisman Trophy. That good an athlete, that good a football player, just fantastic. The fact that he got the yards that he got behind the offensive lines he played behind at Mississippi State is a testament to his talent. Because and in no passing game whatsoever, none. It was all him, and he not only did he rush for a lot of yards, he averaged five point six yards per carry. So I mean, this was a guy who was making big plays. So for yeah. me, it's it's really a toss up between Dixon and Norwood, but I would definitely have them above JJ. Uh. James Johnson, 1997 at Mississippi State in 11 games, 1,069 yards, 5 yards a carry, 12 touchdowns. And in 1998, 236 rushing attempts, 1,383 yards, just shy of 6 yards per carry, had 12 rushing touchdowns there as well. Um, so that certainly is a name that has uh, has been thrown out there. Deuce McAllister at Ole Miss, and we're going to talk to Deuce coming up in just a few minutes. 633 carries, 3,181 yards. He averaged five yards per carry with 38 rushing touchdowns and also had 671 receiving yards. So we talk about kind of the extra stuff. You know, Walter Payton as a kicker, in addition to being a dominant runner. Deuce McAllister as a pass catcher out of the backfield in addition to his ability to run away from people in the open field, for his ability to run between the tackles and go get you a yard. And I've said this before, and I, I just I don't know that I've seen it since. I would say to you, and you may think I'm crazy for this, that there's never been a player in college football, certainly in the state of Mississippi, but maybe even in college football, who has been better at taking a handoff at the two- or the three-yard line and going over the top of the pile to get into the end zone. Do you remember seeing those plays, hey, Dad? Oh, yeah. Deuce? 
Absolutely, yeah, and you're right. He was pretty much money inside the, the two or three yard line. He had the great vertical leap, could get over the pile very easily. Yeah, there's no question. I mean, I saw a lot of that in New Orleans too. Yeah, and, and it was a combination of explosiveness and athleticism and vision, kind of all rolled into one. Because I mean, you, yeah. you see guys all the time, whether it's in the NFL or in college, who get the ball. It looks like there's a hole there. They go airborne, and then they get met by a linebacker, and it's just a stalemate. Or or they go the other direction. It was rare, watching Deuce McAllister in that particular play, that he was even met by a linebacker, which says to me, okay, that was vision and quickness and explosiveness, but in the event that he was, he didn't lose the momentum. He won those battles going over the top. Yeah, I, I, I mean, and that's just I, a credit to him and the kind of athlete that he was. Borky, Deuce McAllister is the only Ole Miss running back that you've got on the list. I know somebody mentioned it yesterday. K.O. Dotley, yep. who played at Ole Miss uh, in the late 40s. 49 so and 50 about... is when he had the back-to-back 1,000-yard seasons. Do you remember that? Hey, Dad. <laughs> you know, I'm, you say that. I actually knew Mr. Dotley, and uh, I used to work for his son-in-law. So... Uh, Maybe I'm a little, believe it or not, maybe a little biased towards an Ole Miss guy, but I mean, he was the only thousand yard rusher Ole Miss had for 38 years and went from yeah. Dotley to Deuce. There was not one back to back thousand yard rushing seasons in 1949 and 1950. He was listed as a fullback, born in Birmingham, died in Vicksburg at the age of 90. That was in 2018, November of 2018. Second-round pick in the uh, the NFL. Also played with the Chicago Bears for uh, for a few years. K.O. Dotley. Didn't have big yards or uh, big uh, numbers in the NFL. 1,122 career rushing yards in the NFL. Part of the Mississippi Sports Hall of Fame, the Ole Miss Sports Hall of Fame. He was on the Ole Miss Team of the Century and was a first-team All-American selection in 1949. There are other running backs to get to. We are not shorting anyone. We'll continue this conversation But up next on the Farm Bureau phone line, we're joined by Deuce McAllister, who is the color analyst on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Farm Bureau phone line. Check out favrates.com. Go there, get a quote, figure out how you can save and deal with agents who are local in your community. Mississippi Farm Bureau. Go with the home team. Deuce McAllister on your radio right now, the pride of... Morton, Mississippi, an All-American at Ole Miss, went on to become the all-time leading rusher with the New Orleans Saints, currently the color analyst on the New Orleans Saints radio network. Always good to talk to you, Deuce. What's up, my man? Not much, Richard. How are you doing? Doing well. Um, So we have embarked on a a fairly subjective journey. We're trying to put together the all-time college football team for the state of Mississippi. So you had to play football in college at, at, at a school in Mississippi, we started out with quarterbacks, and now we're looking at, at running backs. And we're trying to narrow it down to four running backs and then put it out for a, a Twitter vote and let people vote on it and put the team together along those lines. More than anything, though, it's about talking about the history of college football in the state of Mississippi. I, I would be curious, as a student of the game, as a person who grew up in the state of Mississippi and went on to play in the NFL, if I ask you to give me your four best running backs of all time in college football history in Mississippi – who would be on the list for you? Uh, the list starts with Walter Payton. <laughs> okay. Uh, I think we could all agree on that. I think we agree on that. And, you know, I'm probably 
man, you you want to put Marcus on there so bad. But he I doesn't qualify, that, though. Well, he doesn't he didn't, qualify because he went out of state, though, correct? That's right. Didn't play college football yeah. in Mississippi. Yes, and so what's the other criteria? Let me let me let me make sure I have all the criteria, and that's now, it. All, all it is is played at a four-year school in the state of Mississippi. So Jackson State, Alcorn State, Southern Miss, Ole Miss, Mississippi State. Uh, I guess I'm probably leaving some schools out as well, but those are primarily the places that we're looking. Are we doing it by eras or just pure pure? Doesn't matter See, when they play. This is the player, and and to me that, that the the question that you just asked is what makes it really difficult because we were talking about, for example, Ko Dotley, uh, who played at Ole Miss and, and was back to back thousand yard rusher, but there are many people that saw him play, and so not a lot of people are probably going to vote for or necessarily immediately talk about a guy like Ko Dotley. Well, where it becomes subjective is obviously you know if I if I'm choosing. A school of choice or what this player did in the NFL, even though that is not the criteria, it's hard to take that into consideration yeah. as well as probably even in high school. I mean, because there were some dynamic high school players that didn't have the success for different reasons in college. And so, you know, those, those are criteria that, it, that it's hard to not consider when you, when you think about this subject, but it's one definitely you enjoy discussing, but, um, for me, I, I would definitely it, – it, it starts with Walter and then probably uh, Sammy Winder is going to be another one and, and, and probably Damian Fletcher. Mm-hmm. And that that fourth spot could go to a number of guys. I mean, you look at what uh, J-Rock was able to do, Jess Norwood, you look at what um, even Kiefer or J.J. I mean, it, it, they're, they're a number. And even some of the old Miss backs, uh, you know, I could – throw myself in that conversation, but, you know, just go, going down the line. Think, think about this right. Think about this right, what he was able to accomplish at, at, at Jackson State. And so uh, it's a great conversation to be able to have. I, I didn't know we were going to play the humble game with you because you named about eight guys before you said maybe I could be part of the conversation. I, I think most people would have you in that, that top four as well. Um, you, you didn't mention Anthony Dixon. Booby well, Dixon, who had a great career at no, Mississippi and, and, State. Anthony Dixon, correct. AD, AD started, I mean, well, he didn't start every game, but he was a starter for four years at State. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I think, I, I think probably some of that was probably some of the issue once he got to the NFL. He had so many touches. I mean, he, he, he probably, I don't know how many he had, but it probably was north of 800 touches as far as um, carries in college alone. So when he gets to the NFL, it's almost like he has to take a year off to get healthy. 910 carries in yeah, four years at Mississippi State for AD. That's a lot. And we're talking about when teams huddled. You know, just just imagine if, if, if we played in the era where teams didn't huddle. I mean, and it's you're getting off 85, 90 plays a game. I think the highest for myself just going back was maybe 70, 70 plays or so. You know, uh, when you look at the snaps. So, I mean, I, that, that, that plays a part. I mean, and that goes back into the theory of, okay, what, are you going to go back to guys that played in the 60, 70, or, or, or that type of era? Yeah. Um, I want to ask you specific, and we may have talked about this somewhere along the way. I have said that I cannot come up with another running back 
not just in Mississippi history, but in the history of college football, that I can think of that was better from the two or three yard line being able to go over the top the way you did. Was there conscious thought from you, or was that purely instinctive? I think it was purely instinct in a sense that I believed in my leaping ability. Uh, And that just really goes back to me playing basketball uh, and and, and really believing that I could go over the top. And I had supreme confidence in my ability just to be able to leap and to find just a sweet spot in that defense. And a lot of it also was understanding what the defense was doing as well. I mean, because if you're leaping, nine times out of ten, there's going to be an unblocked guy just because of the gaps that the defenses play. And and, and some of this, you know, you and the coach have to be able to talk about, the head coach or uh, offense coordinator, to understand who that free hitter is going to be. Uh, because that's the one person that you can't let get a clean shot on you, particularly if you're going to be leaping. So if that's going to be the case, you have to know where that clean hitter is coming from before you're able to launch. And it's just getting to a point. And then after that, you want to make sure that you can protect the football because you've seen a lot of guys be able to stick the football out and it gets knocked out and, you know, the, the question becomes, well, did it break the plane, et cetera. So, um, it, it, it was a skill that I took pride in. It was something I enjoyed doing, but you definitely thought for a second, man, I, I do not want to get caught in this air and not be protected. Well, and, and Deuce, the reason I bring it up is because it's a play that you see all the time, and you mentioned guys sticking it out. They'll go airborne, and they'll just kind of get the ball across, but they don't necessarily end up across with their body. But more times than and, – and, and I guess you watch it all the time, and you'll see guys that will get met in the hole by a linebacker who's coming up and just kind of stalemate them. I don't remember many instances, though, where you went over the top where even if there was contact, you weren't able to continue to go forward. Well, that was just basically almost giving your body up in a sense. But once that contact was, you felt that contact, you were basically going to be able to spin. And that was the free hitter that I was referencing yeah. that meets you kind of in the hole. Well, he he is going to meet you in the hole, but if you're going airborne, he can only get a piece of it. If you both are on the ground, then it's going to be low man that wins. And, uh, you know, what What other factors? Is somebody else coming off a block? Uh, how skinny as a back can you get in the hole? Those are all things that come into play in that situation. Hey, Deuce, it's Brian Haydad. Another name uh, our listeners have brought up, and I don't think we've mentioned, and people might be surprised I'm bringing up an Ole Miss guy, but Dexter McCluster, where, where does he rank for you in this? I would really love to see him, have seen Dex play tailback all four years. I mean, because he was such a dynamic player, you know, he didn't play traditional tailback, you know, maybe, what, one and a half years, not not the full two time that he was there. Uh, I, I would probably put Dex definitely in top five, though. Uh, but you, 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 he's a playmaker that you want to get the ball in his hands. But, I mean, his, his biggest concern is always going to be just because of his size, uh, the usage, the usage amount, you know, can, can he last and, and, and withstand 200 touches, uh, a year. Deuce, I would have liked to have seen him play tailback for the entire game on that Thursday night against South Carolina. You remember that? Yeah, I do remember. That's when both both teams are ranked and couldn't get to football and, you know, kind of just uh, a frustrating game, to say the least. Yeah, yeah, no, uh, no question about that. What do you remember? You mentioned Walter Payton. You said the conversation starts with him. We all agree on that. What do you remember about Walter Payton? Do you remember him at all? as a college player at Jackson State? 
just videos, not 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 as the yeah. college side, you know, and uh, just seeing him and you talk about the power, the quickness, and his ability to really cut. Uh, you know, Walter, Walter and, and and this is just being a former back. Walter would get sloppy with the football, uh, but his hands were so big and so strong. And what I mean, would get sloppy, he, he he wouldn't have it tucked in. So he would be almost like carrying it like a loaf of bread. But, I mean, his hands were so big and so strong, he could get away with it. I mean, so that's not something traditionally that you're going to see done a lot. And, you know, probably the one one the one person that uh, if, if you, the young backs don't know it now, but you talk about the stutter step or the high step, that came from Walter. The high yeah. step just to be able to freeze a defender and you give him just a freeze of the, the high step while you're running, you know, that that that's a Walter Payton. You know, most of the guys they know the Deion Sanders strut when he's strutting into the end zone and he's dancing, et cetera. But you know, that's that play where you give him just a dead leg or a high step, that's Walter Payton. I wish we could talk about this for fifteen more minutes, but we're out of time. I'm gonna throw one thing at you. Only got time for a one word answer. I know this is outside Mississippi. Walter Herschel or Bo? Bo Jackson. It's hard to argue with that. Deuce, thanks as always for your time. Look forward to talking Saints with you soon, my man. You want to see him healthy, though, but I mean, Bo Bo Jackson. I mean, it's just, yeah, Bo Jackson. There you go. Deuce McAllister, thank you, my friend. No problem. Thank you. Only about two minutes left in stoppage time. Got a little uh, hip check yellow card. On one of the English players, they are playing with 10 after a red card has a player ejected for England. Not going to matter, though, because, uh, you know, she's not going to be around for the next game anyway. Oh, there's a third-place game, because that's what we do in soccer. Oh, yeah, so she won't be eligible for the third-place game, huh? Oh, yeah. I, I wish it was, that wasn't the case. That would be so funny if she were suspended for, like, the 2023 World Cup opener. <laughs> <laughs> Your toast. A little carryover? Yeah. Oh, me. United States, yeah, the, a minute like or so. Scott from... Barry situation from baseball a couple years ago. Oh, yeah. It was ridiculous. Wait, he got ejected in got the ejected regional MSU final. in the regional, yeah, in the last game. And so they got eliminated, so he was suspended the first game of this of the next season. That's laughable. It's a, it's a, it's a little tough. aggressive. It seems like all suspensions should end at the end of the season. You I mean, think. unless you're serving like one of those... You know, performance-enhancing drug suspensions, it's like yeah. 75 games. Spoken like a true A-Rod stand. <laughs> no, I'm saying I'm saying if you're, if you're carrying one of those long suspensions, then it should carry over. You shouldn't just get to be done with it because the season ends. But come on. I mean, a manager ejected in the final game of the regular season, and you're going to make him sit out the next – the next year is that even a rule anymore? Though I thought managers don't, I mean, coaches don't get suspended for the next game anymore. Uh, only in the event of prolonged arguing or contact with an umpire. So you get ejected, you get sent to the house, you're back for the next game. If you argue incessantly or you, you take too long or it's too aggressive, then uh, they shut it down. But in football and basketball, a coach they they literally call it an art. When a coach yells at the official up and down the court, up and down the field the entire game, and nothing happens to them. Yeah. United States is headed to the Women's World Cup final after knocking off England 2-1. to one. Uh, So it's a far cry from, what, 13-0 to uh, open play in the uh, the World Cup against, who was that? Thailand? Taiwan. Thailand. Thailand or Taiwan? It was Thailand. Thailand. It doesn't matter. Okay. 
Um, Ty, uh, Ty, not going to win the game, Land. Yeah. That's as bad as my dad joke yesterday. <laughs> wow. Maybe worse, Borky. That, that was, was awesome. worse. It was worse. Uh, so the United States uh, advances. They will play either the Netherlands or Sweden in the Women's World Cup final in uh, a couple more days. Appears to be some good sportsmanship after the uh, after the match is over between the two teams, despite a red card, a late yellow card for England, and the old T-SIP goal celebration earlier. Think about the children. So you're saying that uh, Twitter uh, and Twitters.com is not reacting as well as the actual players. It's almost as if the players seriously. understand that, hey, you know, sports are fun. When they score, it's fun, and they don't take it personally. Because if you don't want somebody to do a T-SIP celebration, you don't give up a goal. So did Megan Rapino play at all in the match? No, or did she get the whole they, day off? They said on the broadcast, evidently, that she was injured and could not play today. Oh. Hamstring So issue. less controversy now, Borky? Oh, people were still fired up, though. And it, what's so funny is actual like people that cover the sport of soccer for a living, when it was announced, said... Christian Press is better against England because she's a better defender or whatever. Like, they gave tactical reasons for why it was that way, and everybody else was outraged because she was playing over her. When the soccer experts were telling you, this actually makes sense, it's not anything other than just a smart coaching decision. But they were wrong, too. Still made it. Because she was hurt. Yeah. Because, let's be real, if she hadn't been hurt, she's playing. Yeah. I agree. She had two goals in the in the quarters and two goals in the previous match, right? Something like that. Yeah, yeah. You're you're not. I mean, that's like saying, well, you know, LeBron's not as good a defender <laughs> as Della Vadova. Well, the, well, the point as Della Vadova. So right. we're going to give Della Vadova the start. The point they were making is you don't need to be outraged because this is justified. Like you, you can explain it away. Fair enough. And by the way, at least somebody got my office space reference. Gibbon Greenwood. There you go. Well, yeah. I, I, I mean, you knew when you dropped an office space reference randomly that I was not going to get it. If you give me crap about Karate Kid, you know, glass houses with office space. It's not even. And office space was more thing. your time, though. Like, that was. It wasn't. I grew up with Karate Kid, all three of them. Well, office space was before my time. We don't talk about the third one though. That that was. A really I don't know bad what movie. Office Space is. Yeah, the third one was bad. Uh, it's one of these cult TV shows that Borky thought was hilarious. It is hilarious. I'm not arguing cult with that. TV I, show I, first. It's a movie. Second, it's not a cult following. It was. Oh, good I thought when you were talking out. about The Office, not Office Space. I'm oh, sorry. Jeez, he had less space. of a clue than I did. Okay. That's when Jennifer Aniston made her big movie debut. Ah. Fair enough. You can try and talk your way out of not having seen Karate Kid all you want to. It's not going to happen. <laughs> but you lose 100 times out of 100. Yeah. Did you I've like Karate Kid 2, hey, Dad? Karate Kid 2 was great. Oh, yeah, it's fantastic. Yeah. Back in Okinawa, it's a pretty serious storm they had. Yeah. It was a big old wood block across Sato's chest. You are lower than dog. <laughs> Sports Talk Mississippi in the Renaissance Bank studio. 
Back with you, Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming online at supertalk.fm. Still trying to wrap my head around on your take, though, hey, Dad, as we were uh, going to the break and didn't have time to debate it any farther. So the debate began. So we're talking running backs, all-time running backs in the state of Mississippi. Walter Payton, we are all in agreement on, is on the list that you will vote on for the top two running backs ever to be part of our all-Mississippi team. But this is a fun debate. So we talked about Deuce McAllister. When we first threw this out there yesterday, hey, Dad, he was the second name that you mentioned after Walter Payton for being on the list. Yeah. Damian Fletcher, most rushing yards in Mississippi history. 1,000-plus carries, 5,300-plus yards, 44 touchdowns, 904 receiving yards. So he's a 6,200-yards-from-scrimmage guy. And I don't know if there are punt returns or kickoff returns in there with him or not. Anthony Dixon, 910 carries, 3,994 yards, 42 touchdowns. We started talking about Edo Smith at Southern Miss. A little over 4,500 yards on 820 carries, 5.5 yards per carry, 42 touchdowns, and almost 1,500 yards receiving. So I asked the question, what do you do with him? Because we've got to get to four. Somebody's got to go off if you think he should be on the list. Hey, Dad, you said that Edo Smith should replace Deuce McAllister on the I list. Said, I said if we're going to go by numbers, he should replace him on the list. I don't okay. want to go by numbers. Let me ask you I, this. I am an eye well, test kind of guy. Okay. And and for me, I'm going to go back. Remember what I said about Eli versus uh, Chad Kelly? Yeah. If I had to have one guy. If it's third and one and i got to get the first down, who am I going to give the ball to, Deuce or Edo Smith? I'm giving the ball to Deuce. Deuce is on my list. Okay. Well, I, I just you said if you had to replace one, you would replace Deuce. Because if we're going to go by numbers, that's what we would. We, I would say. Okay, but because if you were putting numbers, if you were putting okay, if you were putting Deuce McAllister and Anthony Dixon side by side, mm-hmm. Deuce has eighty percent of the yards of Anthony Dixon. On a little less than 70% of the carries and only four fewer touchdowns. That's true. And more receiving yards. True. Which begs the question, how much do you want to factor that in? When I was looking at this this morning and and getting these stats for you guys and all of that, I kept thinking, one, how much should we account for receiving yards? Because I think that's part of being a good running back is catching the ball Uh out of the backfield, but not everything. And two, competition. Because... Ito Smith was a very good running back, and as I mentioned before, he's doing well in the NFL. But, I mean, I don't think you can tell me that Deuce McAllister would not have, on 800 carries in the Conference USA, lit that league up. You know what yeah. I mean? So how much do you take that into account? There's no question about that. You have to take it into account. But at the same time, you know, just for me... Well, but hold on a second. If you do that, are you going to pair back Walter Payton's numbers because he played in the SWAC instead of the SEC? No, nope, because he's Walter Payton, and he's Walter Payton. <laughs> no, but that, now, but that, now you're taking into, into account no, no. his NFL career. I am. I am. He's Walter Payton. I will, I will not have this discussion. <laughs> I'm with you. It's I'm the just saying he's Walter that, Payton. Next next week, by the way, spoiler alert: he's Jerry Rice. Same thing. Receivers next. Oh yeah. Well, what should I mean? Non sequitur here. What should we do about offensive line? By the way, that's going to be we're going to have to sort of be creative with how we do that. Let's get a two deep of guards, <laughs> position by position. Gabe Jackson, let's go. We we may just name the offensive line as opposed to trying to vote that out on Twitter. 
That seems a little difficult. We, we, yeah. we may go with offensive and defensive linemen. Just I don't know. I kind of want to throw this on the internet. It would be dripping with ignorance. We'd, We'd have, have to so do, like, many offensive line do, experts do. on like you know jab blocks, cut blocks, all kinds of stuff. I think it'd be funny. It would be the most like peak internet thing ever, where people start arguing over stuff they clearly have no idea what they're talking about. Yeah, we'll see. I say we do it. <laughs> I just don't know how you construct those poles. I don't know. Like, but that—that's semantics. We'll figure that part out. So, do we have a list of four? Is it Walter Payton, Anthony Dixon, Damian Fletcher, and Deuce? That's that. That is a a very solid four. I will be behind that. I mean, is there somebody that's going to come with you? Should be kicked out of the state of Mississippi for that list? Yes, we could. It doesn't we, matter. Yeah. Oh yeah, we because there's an Ole Miss guy on it, and God forbid you put an Ole Miss guy on something. <laughs> Fair enough. I mean, it just really bothers me not having Edo Smith as one of those four. Here's what you know how I can put it. Like here's a way to put it that it maybe makes sense to you, right? How can he be the greatest running back in Mississippi history when he's not even the greatest running back in his school's history? Well, I didn't say he was the greatest. I'm just saying his numbers merit. But what I'm saying is we're going to vote for this guy as the best running back in, in Mississippi history. He's not even the best running back in USM history. At least with this, I feel like I have the absolute best running back in Walter Payton. I have the best running back in MSU history. I have the best running back in Ole Miss history. And I have the best running back in USM history. Uh, aren't there a lot of people that would argue, though, that Sam Winder should be they, they is the best running back at Southern Miss ever? They might, but I, I'm going to feel pretty good about the all-time leading rusher in this state's history being the USM representative. Yeah. All right, Borky, so we got it set. Let's put the poll out there. All right, and how should we do it, though? Because we're trying to get two, so should we do one poll to get one and then take the one out and do one poll with the remaining three and get number two? Well, I mean, can we just I think do that's like the way week? we should do it. Last week, I mean, we just picked the top two. And if we have a yeah, tie... We're only taking we can... one running back, the, the first-team guy and the second-team guy. Yeah, and it's, if, whoever's sec- if there's a tie for second, then we okay. get to make the call. There we go. We'll do that right now. No, we don't. We don't break ties. We'll we'll put T two, T two. Walter we, uh, Payton, Deuce McAllister, Monday. Do what now? Set the poll up to run to Monday, so we have plenty of time to vote. Oh no! Give it a couple of days, and let's get. We'll get back on a new position on Friday. Set a new okay. poll for the weekend. Okay. All right. How many days is that? Wednesday, Thursday, three days. Yeah. yeah. Uh, all right. So your your four finalists are Walter Payton. Deuce McAllister, Damian Fletcher, and Anthony Dixon. I think I feel good about those. Um, what? What? Somebody on the text line, Frank Gore. Was Frank Gore from Mississippi? Did he Read play? the directions. <laughs> he, Hold on. He didn't exactly play college football in Mississippi was he? He was born in Miami, Florida. What? I think they're trolling they you almost, a little bit. I admitted to Ole Miss though one time. I think I they're trolling because of that. I think Ole Miss finished second in the recruiting battle, right? You almost got him. So we should throw. There's a ton of people we could throw in there by this guy's criteria. I don't get it. 
Yeah. I need to know more I'm, about I'm, Frank I'm Moore having, all of a sudden. I'm uh, Tucker wants to know if we can pick the best all-time head coach as well. You don't really have to have a poll for that, do you? Frank Gore, born in Miami, grew up in Coconut Grove, Florida, attended Coral Gables High School. <laughs> but yes, he, he he definitely should be in the running for the all-time Mississippi team. He came to Mississippi one time. Tucker says, can we go as far as picking a best all-time head coach? Sure. Edwards Ron. I mean... <laughs> Isn't that kind of like Walter Payton? Everybody else is playing for second. Yeah, it's going to be tough to, to get Vaught out of there. Impossible. You say impossible. McNair is not the quarterback of the team. Well, I mean, I guess when you look at voting and people want to vote based on exactly, I mean, would Mississippi State's representative be Jackie Sherrill? This is going to hurt. To, to, for me to tell the Bulldog fans, it's, it should be it should be Dan Mullen. Should one hundred percent be Dan Mullen? Are you kidding me? I'm not kidding you. I agree with you. No, I I, I was wholeheartedly agreeing with you. Whoever okay. you were bracing that blow for, I was telling yeah. them to kick rocks. Well, yeah. Jackie Sherrill won a bunch of games. Jack, well, look, Jackie is number two, but the, the, you can't you can't saying. not count his last three years. What, 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 what about Bob Tyler? I know I said this with quarterbacks, but it's probably very fitting. A fun debate would be the worst coaches. Buddy, we got we can put a Mount Rushmore. I know Rich. Well, like no, Mount Southern Rush Miss already has really one. Southern Miss that. has one, and it's over. Yeah, Ellis Johnson. Yeah, that's it. Sylvester Croom, Ed Orgeron, and the, who was the guy at, at J- James Bell at Jackson State? <laughs> you remember him? Was that his name? You just threw James Bell smooth under the bus, hey Dad, for no reason whatsoever. On the second of July, you took James Bell and just threw him right that under the guy bus. Was terrible at Jackson State. You know I'm right. Somebody did suggest that Bear Bryant maybe should go. <laughs> well played. Well played. Poll is out. Oh, I only did it for 24 hours, though, on accident. It's too late. Poll's out there. Vote now. Delete it. Delete and do another Vote one. hard. Vote hard. Vote fast. Just delete it and start over. Sports Talk Mississippi Fine. with you. Streaming online. Borky is now mad. Frank Gore is not from Mississippi. Who? <laughs> Four Frank states Gore. over. <laughs> Frank Gore. <laughs> Frank Gore is not from Mississippi. And 100 teams in 100 days when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi with you on this Tuesday afternoon. Who says July is a slow month in the Sports Talk radio world? Let's get on it. Counting them down. 100 teams in 100 days. Today, team number 60. This day is bananas. B-A-N-A-N-A-S. This day is bananas. 100 teams in 100 days. Team number 60 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days from West Lafayette, Indiana, the Purdue Boilermakers. Purdue's got to find a new QB this year. David Blau was good last season, threw for 3,700 yards, 25 touchdowns, picked off only 10 times. Purdue last year went 6-7. and seven. And they got boat raced 
by a very average Auburn team in the Music City Bowl. You guys remember that game? 63-14 to 14 was the final. Wasn't something like 42 nothing in the first half? Yes. Like it, was, it was out of control real early. So that the biggest like pay upgrade for a guy who turned in a losing record? Yeah, probably so. Jeff Brom going into his third year, sixth overall as a head coach, third year at Purdue. And boy, Louisville made a big push to get him back, but he said, eh, I'm good, thanks. I really like what the Big Ten does from a scheduling standpoint. I like that they play three non-conference games to start the year, and then it's all conference games the rest of the way. Do you guys like that? No. No? No. I mean, if I'm a, if I'm a, if I was a coach, especially that 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 you're like not a coach. Stuff. You're a consumer of college football. Ah, the, the games all come. It doesn't matter. So no, I. Actually, yeah. I love this because it saves the November bye week where there's a horrible schedule of SEC games. Yeah. There's no reason for that. Yeah, the second to last weekend of the season last year was an embarrassment for the SEC. It's going to be even worse this year. It, it might happen to have been good for somebody was, who was hoping to broadcast a game on television. Just, just saying. You're a consumer, man. <laughs> yes, I know. But also one with career aspirations. <laughs> I like it. Wait, are you getting no. one, or, or am I being a jerk right now unintentionally? He got one last year. No, right? last year. The next, I did the Auburn Liberty game. Oh yeah, on that yeah, terrible I that that, yes. that Saturday full of horrible games in the SEC. Borky clearly listened and watched wire to wire. Yeah, I was just thankful that there were multiple horrible games in the SEC. There were multiple alternate channel games that day, and we, we might threw me a Richard and Starkville that week. Now Starkville for MSU Abilene Christian. Yeah, that'd be good. It'd be really good. Yeah. Um, Purdue, three straight non-conference. This is, this is a pretty decent non-conference schedule. At Nevada on Friday night, August 30th, Vanderbilt, and then TCU. For, for Purdue, I mean, I, I'm not saying that that's like sexy for Michigan or Alabama. But in a lot of ways, Purdue is a similar type team to Mississippi State and Ole Miss. Kind of in their conference traditional pecking order. Yeah. That's pretty good, though, isn't it? Well, I mean, they, they've been, you know, pretty consistent. They had some down years in the past decade, obviously. Yeah. But it seems like Brahm has got them going in the right direction. They can be a team that can can contend. Because are they in the... Are they in the uh, they're in the they're east in the of Ohio State. Oh, they're no, in the west. They're in the west. So that means they are a team that can contend for that division, because there's not a huge gap between them, Wisconsin, Nebraska, and Iowa. There might yep. be a gap coming in Lincoln, though. Whoever Maybe. aligned those divisions did a terrible job. Yes. Big Ten East is Michigan, Ohio State, Michigan State, Penn State, Indiana, Maryland, and Rutgers. Did they the do west a bad? Is ne- I'm sorry. I was just to say the West is Nebraska, Iowa, Wisconsin, Minnesota, Northwestern, Purdue, and Illinois. Did they do a bad job, or did they maximize their ability to have guaranteed, high-profile, big games every year? Well, they didn't I maximize like their ability to have a that. high-profile championship game. I, you just beat me to it, hey, Dad. I said, I feel like you could do that without that, and you'd get a high-profile championship game. Because you remember how many times the in the few years they've had it, how bad the Big Ten championship game has been? Yeah. Like, wasn't it Northwestern last year? What yes. would you rather have, though? One good championship game or four good weekends? 
But you can do that on top of You could of do this. that with uh, – my point is you could – yeah. yeah. If you yeah. have like Michigan, Michigan State in the west and Ohio State, Penn State in the east, you could have done that. Real quick, I think I, this is a good trio for famous alums. Give it Neil to me. Armstrong, Orville yeah. Redenbacher, and John Wooden. Ooh. And the greatest quarterback to ever live. Well, there is that. Kyle Orton. No. <laughs> that is that is an exceptionally strong trio. We should start ranking those. Of famous alums. Kyle yeah. Orton. <laughs> Shout out to Robert. Purdue, Donald, team number friend. 60 on the countdown of 100 teams in 100 days. College football fix when we come back. After 5 o'clock, Tuesday afternoon, Independence Day week. You got your plans all set? What are you cooking? What are you eating? Are you sleeping in? Are you going to the pool? Are you going to the lake? Are you going to the ocean? The golf? You're going to shoot fireworks? You're going to watch fireworks? A lot of decisions to be made surrounding the old 4th of July activities. We're glad to be with you. Richard Cross, Brian Haydad, Brian Scott Rippey, Michael Borky in the studio. Thanks for joining us on this Tuesday afternoon. Sports Talk brought to you every day by Mississippi Land Bank. We tell you about Mississippi Land Bank all the time, and primarily what they do is finance land. But it's not just buying land or improving the land. You can get timberland loans, operations loans, or production loans if you're a farmer. Need to put a new irrigation system in, put new pivots in, they can help with that. Auto and personal loans as well. Or if you're building a house in the country, Mississippi Land Bank knows how to help you. They've been financing land for over 100 years. Fantastic people. You're dealing with a bunch of Mississippians who not only understand and know the lay of the land, but they understand the lay of the land in Mississippi, specifically in North Mississippi. That's where they can help you, mslandbank.com. Yes, Rippy. Sounded like you immediately had something to say. Uh, we, we, the first reply to our very scientific Twitter poll is that some guy said, well, if we can't vote for two, then it's kind of bogus. This dude, does he know how elections work? Yeah. I don't understand that. Well, because we're picking two. We're going to take the first place and the second place finisher. The question for you is, who is the best running back in the state of Mississippi in college football history that played for a Mississippi team? That's the question. Vote for the one that you think was the best. The person that gets the most votes will be the first team all-time Mississippi running back. The person that gets the second most votes will be the second-team all-time Mississippi running back. Uh, Hey, Borky, what do you say we launch into the college football fix? College football fix is driven by Ford and your local Mississippi Ford dealers. Log on to buyfordnow.com. You can see all that they've got to offer. Trucks, cars, SUVs. Don't just start there, though. You should um, go to your Mississippi Ford dealer, the one that's closest to you, your local Mississippi Ford dealer. Test drive the car that you're interested in 
get great savings. Incentives are going on. And for, what, about six more days, if you're in the military or you are a first responder, there's extra special savings there for you. Okay, Borky, this idea was prompted by a column from Bill Bender, right? Yeah, a friend of the show, Bill Bender, wrote a column. I guess he published it this morning with some unpopular opinions in college football. For example, he said Georgia has the most to prove in 2019, that even if Jim Harbaugh loses to Ohio State this year, he should not be on the hot seat. Trevor Lawrence is not a lock to win the Heisman Trophy. Stuff like that. So unpopular opinions for college football going into 2019. Hmm. So Borky gave you a a non-football related example earlier in the show today. (laughs) (laughs) He said tater tots weren't good. That is a hill on which he is willing to die. Yeah, something like that. It is unfortunately for Borky a hill on which he will die alone. It will be a sad, slow, painful, lonely death for Borky on that hill. I'm heading towards that anyway. (laughs) Come on, True story. All right, so unpopular football opinions. Opinions about this college football season that kind of go against the grain just a little bit. If you've got one, you can send it to us on the C Spire text line. 601-879-4395. Again, 601-879-4395. C Spire, customer inspired. Rippy, you said you and your buddies were debating this topic over the weekend, the hill on which you were willing to die. It wasn't really college football related, though. It was just other stuff. Like, you can't be convinced otherwise. Is there one that's so entertaining it's worth bringing to the radio? Uh, I mean, there's always one moon landing was fake guy in the group, but other than that, not really. Mm. Why, was the, why was the flag blowing? There's no wind on the moon. Okay, guy. Um. <laughs> anyway. Really? Do you know? Have you been? Exactly. Borky, have you got one? Um, One for the football season itself. I think Auburn's actually going to be pretty good, like really competitive, only because they have talent that is as good as everybody on the schedule not named Alabama. Hmm. Recruiting rankings will spell that out for you. Yes, did you see that uh, graphic going around yesterday that had Auburn since uh, they expanded the SEC at 28 and 28 in the SEC? The same record as Mississippi State. That's fine. Auburn. Perennially, perennially, I can't pronounce it. Always overrated. One more syllable. Well, national title appearance and two SEC title appearances in that span. So not completely. The numbers don't really tell the whole story there. Well, yeah, but then at the same time, they have that. Why are they not higher than 500 because the rest of the time they're terrible i got one put it on me missouri will enter the month of november seven and one Ooh. their schedule is wyoming west virginia semo south carolina troy ole miss vandy kentucky that gets them to november who's the loss i was going to give them the loss to west virginia or South Carolina, maybe, as the benefit of the doubt, they could literally be 8 0. Gosh. I don't know that West Virginia is going to be very good. Exactly. Yeah. I was just, I, I mean, game? I couldn't. 
I mean, uh, so we were talking about this on the podcast the other day, and I was like, if I if I tell people that I think Missouri is going to be eight zero going into the month of uh, November, and now it's a little misleading because they play October twenty. Well, actually, no, it's not at all because they play October twenty sixth. It's last week, but there's a bye week in between, and then they go at Georgia November ninth. That that's probably not going to end well for the Tigers, but pretty cake schedule for the first two months. I mean, where where are they going to lose? I don't think I got one. Wyoming's going to be very good. Josh Allen's on the Bills. They're not losing to SEMO. Troy's not good. Ole Miss and Vandy, are they really going to lose at Vandy and Ole Miss at home? Is the game against West Virginia and uh, Morgantown or Como? Como. Okay. Um, That's it, probably not the best example for what we were talking about, though. No, this a is a, for a, a text message. <clears throat> Excuse me. Unpopular opinion, Mississippi State will be below average at best. Here's one. Florida will win the SEC East. Whoa. Yeah. That's that's not going to work for me. I have one. You don't have to agree with it. It's, I don't hate that. What's the opinion that somebody's willing to stand on all by themselves? I have one. Tell it. I'm going to I'm going to tell you the college football playoff four teams right now. Clemson, Alabama, Georgia, LSU. 3 of the 4 to the SEC. LSU is going to go 11-1 and one and only lose to Alabama, and that's going to be enough to get them in. My problem with that is the, the gymnastics you'd have to get through once the SEC title game approach. Like, how does that work? If LSU is fourth going in and they just stay fourth, <clears throat> Alabama and Auburn, or Alabama and Georgia are probably second and third. Georgia loses a close game to Alabama. They don't move. You don't think Georgia would fall to five? Just depends. I don't, but I, if Oklahoma has a, a second loss, or you know the big the Big Ten champion is is eleven and two or whatever, but I think both those teams are going to be undefeated going to Atlanta, Georgia, and Alabama. Here's one I've kind of changed my tune on. If Clemson and Alabama go to the national championship again, that isn't bad for college football as a whole. No, it's not bad at all. It's just no different than what college football's always been. That, and this concept of parity, I think, is a little different in college football than it is really any other sport. Because in the NBA, in the NFL, in Major League Baseball, you have one winner. If you make the playoffs and you lose, it doesn't matter. But in college football, you don't need as much parity because you can still have a successful season and win a postseason game and end on a win in a postseason game and feel good and all that stuff so college football fans get to watch all of these postseason games where somebody wins and somebody loses and that ends a season which kind of eliminates the need for parity in the playoff because the playoff is so small whereas in the nba if you lose a playoff game well i mean you're done in the nfl if you lose a playoff game your season's over but if you're a college football team you can win 10 games go in the gator bowl and feel great about your season even if you're not in the playoff so the the bowl system removes the the need for parity because there's so much diversity in the postseason. I got one that, for you. That in parity in college sports is hard to talk about when uneven playing fields where the playing field in professional sports is quite literally level. Yeah. yeah. All 14 SEC head football coaches will return to their same schools in 2020. Ooh. Ooh. I don't know. Mm. Ooh, that's a hot one. Who would Just, leave? Muschamp, Malzahn. If Vandy's awful, 
Yeah, maybe. And just giving you an unpopular opinion that could be true. Sports Talk Mississippi, that's your college football fix. The tunes, Bort. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Renaissance Bank studio. Good to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon. There are a couple of good text messages that came in with uh, unpopular opinions. Somebody did ask, uh, what's the difference between a hot take and an unpopular opinion? Probably nothing. Yeah, maybe nothing. Well, Just it, calling it something different. In the unpopular opinion, something you actually believe, whereas a hot take is like generated content for the sake of doing it. Yeah, you just nailed that. Uh, here we go. A few um, unpopular opinions. Mississippi State should have hired less miles. You're right. That is an unpopular opinion. Hey, Dad. Come on. Pretty good recruiter. Yeah, at LSU. Georgia and West Point. LSU beats Alabama. Now we're talking. That last one is like what we do in sports all the time, though. Like, it just say if Moorhead doesn't work out, like people would be like, "Yeah, I said at the time it was a terrible hire." <laughs> like, no, you did it. It was a well handled search. They hired a guy that made a ton of sense. It just didn't work out. Like, that guy's gonna be on the Les Miles perch in four years if things don't work out. <laughs> Depending on what Les Miles yeah, does at Kansas. Like, yeah, like if Les Miles gets Kansas to a bowl game. There are a lot of people that'll be uh, perhaps. Kicking themselves. Uh, I like the McRib was an unpopular opinion that came in. <laughs> Don't Google how those are made, by the way. Porky's favorite. Oh. If Tommy Stevens wins the job and is a bit above average, Mississippi State could be better than expected. Could be the surprise team. Vegas would tell you that. State's win total is at eight and a half. And if you look at some of the teams that are either at eight, like, well, they're really, I think they're the only team at eight and a half around them or below them. Vegas would suggest they believe that somewhat, too. For what it's worth, Caesars came out with theirs, I think, last night, and they were at seven and a half. The eight and a half number was, was the FanDuel book. So, differing of opinions there in Vegas. Okay. That makes a little more sense. Don't you feel eight and a half is a little high, eh, Dad? I feel it's very high. I feel that, that if it was seven and a half, now I'm starting to waffle a little bit, but eight Seven and a half, half I would sense. definitely take. I would take the under for sure. Dan in Charleston, unpopular opinion for most people: Southern Miss goes eleven and one. Mm-hmm. Whoa, they have Alabama and State. On wow, the Mississippi State in week two, Alabama in week four. How about that? Uh, here's a. This guy qualifies it as a hot take, not as an unpopular opinion. Vanderbilt upsets Georgia on October 31st. That's a hot take. That is a lonely hill. That is a hill that is far lonelier than Borky's tater tot take. It <laughs> happened the last time in Athens, right? Yes, because Zach Cunningham made ago. that tackle on fourth and one. You're yeah. right. This guy's on to something. That kid could play, man. He was unbelievable. Good player. Thomas from Columbia. Unpopular opinion. Auburn undefeated and national champs. <laughs> It's not popular in the Haydad household, I'll tell you that. He says, 2019 has been my best year. Won my fantasy league for the first time in eight seasons, and my first child was born in April, plus Auburn lost out in basketball and baseball after breaking droughts. I don't mean to be well-actually guy, but your fantasy season likely would have ended in 2018. Well, it could have rolled into the new year. The playoffs start in the new year. Uh... It doesn't matter. Walt, 
with an unpopular opinion. Ole Miss defense will be as good, if not better, than Mississippi State's. That's a bit of a stretch. I do think they'll be better, though. I mean, quite simply because they have somebody that knows what he's doing, implementing the scheme and all of that stuff. Hold on. But there's a difference between a little bit better from what they were and that. Yeah. I I wasn't agreeing with him. But hold on a second. So why, when we ask for people to give an unpopular opinion, is the reaction, oh, no, that's dumb? Didn't say it was dumb. We didn't say it was dumb. Yeah. You like grunted, you audibly grunted like you were in pain. Like, oh, oh. probably the McRib. Um, but, (laughs) (laughs) but like you could have an unpopular opinion that's more rooted in logic than maybe that or some others, like the, the Vandy Georgia thing. Daniel. Nick Saban retires after winning his final national championship. We can only hope. No kidding. No, that would be the most popular opinion ever. <laughs> Everyone outside of Tuscaloosa would be would be would go to church tomorrow if they could make that happen. Yeah. So those are good. You can keep them coming if you would like on the uh, Sports Talk Mississippi Twitter feed at Sports Talk M I S S. Um. Uh, apropos of nothing, the large dog says, "Not trying to bring up bad memories." However, regardless of the previously stated facts, I say Pringles are potato chips. Dude, you got to give me a couple weeks before you start doing the Pringles thing again. What, just talking randomly about them? Yes. 81-year-old John Sterling. You know who that is? The Yankees announcer, right? The Yankees radio play-by-play announcer. It is high, it is far, it is gone! An A-bomb from A-Rod! That guy. The last time John Sterling missed a Yankee game, 1989. He took two games off after his sister died. He has not missed a radio call of a New York Yankees game in the last three decades. However, his streak will end this week in Tampa. There was always already some conversation that John Sterling was going to potentially miss a game because of his daughter's high school graduation this year. But according to Andrew Marchand of the New York Post, the streak will end this week in Tampa. Sterling has been ill, and the Yankees saw an opportunity to give him some extended time off with the All-Star break on the horizon. The Yankees' radio voice did not detail his condition beyond telling Marchand, uh, Marchand, I'm a little under the weather. Lovely. Susan Waldman will still be in the booth. She will be joined by Ryan Rucco of the Yes Network and ESPN. They will call four games together. Last time, again, that John Sterling missed a game, 1989. He was supposed to miss a game last week to attend his triplets high school graduation. The timing of the Yankees' win over the Toronto Blue Jays, though, gave Sterling the time he needed to make it to the ceremony. So he actually ended up not missing the game that they thought he was going to miss, only to miss four games coming up in the uh, near future. That trip to London may have just taken a little bit too much out of him. Whenever he decides to hang it up, is there a more sought-after job in, in sports play by radio play-by-play than the New York Yankees job? And will you apply, Richard? Uh, it's a job that I would be open to. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah, I think so. 
I'll think about it, guys. No, but seriously, for the cost specific- of living in New York, I mean, yeah, that's tough. State taxes, city taxes, bunch of just taxes everywhere. You get to take home like I'm going to promise you'd get over it, Richard. I'm going to promise so? you that. Yeah, if you got that job, you you'd be okay. But among the team specific radio play by play jobs, is there one that's more sought after than that one? I mean, the fact that we know who John, even if you're not a Yankees fan, you sort of know who John Sterling is. Maybe the Cubs. That's about it. I mean, in football, I would like, say I, I, I don't know who the Cowboys play-by-play guy is. So Brad Sham. Okay, I mean, I did, but I didn't know. Yeah. So. Um, I would say there was a time where the St. Louis Cardinals radio job was the best radio play-by-play job in professional sports. You know, that combination of Jack Buck and Mike Shannon. Um, and the St. Louis radio network is massive. Yeah. I just think those jobs are... are don't get me wrong, I'm not knocking them at all. Because, I mean, you know that I love radio as a medium, both from a broadcast standpoint and from a, a sports talk radio standpoint. I mean, it's what I am fortunate to get to do for a living. But I think the number of games that are available on television and the fact that if you're in a local market, you can watch your team every single game. And if you're outside a local market and you want to watch your team every single game, you can buy the MLB extra innings or whatever the package is called and and get those. I think it has changed that medium. I don't think radio play-by-play is ever going to go away. I know people go, well, it's going to be different because we consume things differently. Maybe so. I don't think it's ever going to go away. Um, that's a good question, though, Borky. Is that the best radio play-by-play job in all of sports? What would be what would be comparable? Dallas Cowboys. Eli Gold's job. Not even close. No. Right. I mean, it's it's fourteen, fifteen games. Talking about 162 with the Yankees. The Cowboys is only you know 16 games. Plus the I understand. Playoffs. Yeah, but the NFL is king. Um, that's a fascinating question, Borky. Sports Talk Mississippi with you. More coming up in the Renaissance Bank Studio.
Super Talk Mississippi Media Production.